Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople. Today, it is my great pleasure to have a co-host as well as our guest, Julie Drummel. Welcome, Julie. Hello. Julie is the Vice President of Global Business Development and Sales Productivity at Oracle NetSuite, where she manages nearly 700 people. So we're going to talk today about her journey and the lessons she's learned along the way, working her way up from individual contributor, I presume, roles all the way up to an incredible global leadership role. My guest host today is uh, none other than our CEO, Kyle Porter. Welcome, Kyle. Glad to be here, Jeremy, as always, and super stoked to be with you, Julie. Thanks, guys. So, Julie, we're going to get into all those topics around your journey, but also some of the best practices that you have learned uh, on how to you know, run and scale an incredibly high-performing organization. Before we do that, just to get to know you a little better, I'm a big learning individual, and I know Kyle is too, so we'd love to understand how you keep your saw sharp. How do you learn and, and stay current? Yeah, good question. I stay up on the news, as positive or depressing it may be these days. Um, but I actually read the physical Wall Street Journal every day, like a real paper that comes to my house. I also listen to a lot of podcasts, mostly international and economics podcasts, Planet Money, The Indicator, pretty much any kind of NPR podcast. Though I do love a good trashy Wonderly podcast. If you guys haven't listened to those, those are very enjoyable. I read a lot on LinkedIn, a lot of articles that come from our customers and uh, other software companies in the industry as well. Well, Julie, I've been living in this world of you know, digital sales for the last almost nine years now since I founded SalesLoft. And I've yet to find another executive with as large of a BDR org as what you're leading right now. And it blows my mind. I want to hear about your personal journey to take on this level of leadership it seems like you've spent the most of your professional career inside of NetSuite. Tell us about how you got to where you are right now. What's that journey like? You know, it's funny. I actually graduated from the University of Wisconsin with a degree in political science and international studies. Thought I was going to go to law school, um, but graduated at the start of the recession. I remember being in my economics class and watching Bear Stearns crash and realizing maybe law school wasn't going to happen and I had student loans to pay off. So I did what all college graduates do. I took a job in sales because sales is a way to make money after college. Um, but yeah, so I actually, I went into insurance sales because during a recession, everybody still needs insurance. So I worked for Amica and I, um, I was there for a while. I actually ran a sales team that was selling personal lines insurance. I was about 22, 23 years old. My first sales management job, it was really fascinating. I managed a, a group of people that were all different ages from right out of college up to about to retire. So I learned a lot in that position. I also learned a lot about the type of company I wanted to work for and the type of product I wanted to be a part of. So I moved out to Colorado, took a job for a short stint at a staffing agency. I ran their contingent staffing division, still sales, still recruiting. And while I was looking for a, a bigger company and was looking for a tech company to join because those were growing very fast and came upon NetSuite. So actually, my little sister started at NetSuite before I did. And that's how I heard about it. So I started as a BDR manager here at NetSuite. I was the first manager hired. We at the time had 18 managers in Boston. I was hired out of Denver. And you know the real appeal that Liz Kane, who, who started that program back in July of 2012, had in me was I had a pretty strong recruiting background and some management experience. And I was 
willing to take risks since I was earlier in my career and knew nothing about software and wanted to get into the software sales world. I love the recruiting background for sellers, especially BDRs. And you and I share in that I started my career, cut my teeth in recruiting. So, and what I learned there was that you kind of got your back up against the wall in a lot of ways when you're recruiting. People are very hesitant to take a call. You're a dime a dozen out there in the marketplace. And you have to win over not only the customer and their interest of doing business with you and choosing you from the sea of all the other recruiters, but also you've got to win over candidates when you're working with them. So it's kind of a two-sided sale. Jeremy, we do a lot of hiring of ex-recruiters at SalesLoft. There's a reason for that, by the way, which is we have done some research where we looked at thousands of SDRs and figured out who are the ones that are successful in getting promoted to AE inside of their companies. And the number one successful profile is a person with two years of experience in recruiting. It doesn't surprise me at all, though, because when you're in recruiting, your product is also a person. You have an incredibly unreliable product that you're also selling to your customers. They may not show up on their first day. You have to be human on both ends. But recruiting agencies are also cutthroat in terms of activities. You are dialing all day. And getting rejected a ton. So rejection on every end. Your product is rejecting you. Your customers are rejecting you. Everybody's rejecting you. So then when you get into like a fun growing software company like NetSuite or SalesLoft and people want to talk to you about your product, you're very, I think, appreciative and energetic and enthusiastic. And yeah, I mean, just to survive in recruiting, you've got to be driven. Do you hire primarily right out of school or do you hire? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you do hire right out of school. What's the profile? vast majority of our hires are right out of university. Um, A lot of my managers have had recruiting experience, though, so that's where we see them come in. Our profile for uh, BDRs, we do like to focus on not your biggest universities, but a lot of smaller schools or Big Ten universities where we can get more socioeconomic diversity and diversity in general. We also tend to see a lot stronger sales profile come from those schools based on their backgrounds. We may go to some of your larger schools like Stanford. We're not going to get as many people interested in sales, but we show up at like a University of Texas or even, you know, some of the state schools in in Illinois. I'm based in Chicago and we see a lot more drive for that sales type position. But we look for people who have demonstrated success of motivation, whether that's people who were athletes in college, had jobs while they were in university, um, were involved on campus. They show some kind of drive other than just attending school and getting good grades. They have to show some kind of, you know, some other activity that really drives them. I had the good fortune of being in a very intimate environment at Stanford University and Mark Hurd showed up kind of, none of us were expecting it. There was only about 30 of us and was talking to us about the hiring philosophy that Oracle had, which I presume has trickled into NetSuite as well. This topic came up and and he said, yeah, indeed, we hire out of these big 10 schools. We have a 30 school target list that we go after. The other thing was we asked about the analytics around profiles for what are the best candidates. And he said, the most interesting thing is it's not that they were an athlete or that they were a this or a that. He said that the strongest predictor of success as a salesperson when you're hiring someone is that they had a diversity of experiences of extracurricular activities when they were at school, not to be like the best athlete, but to be involved in whatever athletics and band and debate and this and that. Uh, Is that pattern still active? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and particularly people who had internships and worked 
um, maybe had to fund some of their college education because what they showed is this different level of motivation during college, not just your typical show up at class. Um, but Mark Hurd's philosophy definitely impacted NetSuite. So our founder of our company, Evan Goldberg, is close with Larry Ellison. And Mark started the BDC program at Oracle first. And back in 2012, our previous CEO, Larry Ellison, suggested he start a program at NetSuite that hired recent college graduates. Zach Nelson sent Liz Kane, my, my former boss, an email saying, hey, we should start this. And I think she had two months to spin it up. And that was the very first ever team we had of recent college graduates. And clearly, we've, we've never looked back. I mean, we've promoted um, 875 BDRs into sales globally at NetSuite. Hey, Julie, uh, Liz Kane's like a living legend in digital sales and, and inside sales. What'd you learn from her? She is one of the hardest working women I know. The things that I really took from her is that in order to enjoy your job and, and find passion in what you do, you have to like the people that you work with first and that the opportunity and everything will come with it, but you have to really respect the people that you work with. I will say that that's been a very driving factor in how I've run my organization in terms of you don't have to hire people who've been in tech before that have run BDR programs, but you need to hire people who work really hard. And the other thing that I learned from her is that it is perfectly fine to find a problem, complain about a problem, but you have to come up with a solution. Nobody likes that person that just complains all day. And we really try to avoid the hiring those kind of de-energizing folks. How do you test and screen for that? Because people put on their best face during interviews. I have a massive organization. We prioritize our management hires of hiring from within, whether that's BDR alumni. So we, we never take somebody from BDR program into BDR management. They have to get promoted into sales and go and do the job first. Um, so it could be BDR alumni. It could be sales reps that were external hires and then were brought into NetSuite. But the vast majority of our hiring is done that way. And since we've been acquired from or by Oracle, we have this great opportunity now where we have this massive pool of people within Oracle that we also bring over into our management position. So we get to test that by actually testing people before we hire them. A lot of our managers get our current managers got involved with our organization before they were even promoted. So you're saying that BDRs can't become BDR managers as their next job. That's really interesting. And I think I understand some of the philosophy there, but could you shed some more light on it? Yeah. So because we hire pretty much right out of university, most they're having about three years of experience from graduating to becoming a BDR. They don't have much work experience before they come to us and they're in seat as a BDR only for about 12 to 18 months. So that's not very much experience to really build a foundation to be a strong leader. And our managers are not just sales coaches. They're not just like coaching on messaging and one-on-ones, but they're doing a lot of development and a lot of training of talent. Their target isn't just SQLs. It's also promoting people to be good, strong sales reps into the organization. So I need people who have some experience. Well, and this probably solves one of the biggest problems in BDR management is that you don't know where to go after your BDR manager. But if you've gone into sales and you've already met quota and achieved results there, you can go to sales management next. Why, Kyle, that is exactly what we do. We've got BDR manager alumni that are running sales teams on NetSuite across the board in EMEA as well as in North America. And they're, they're really successful because they've been in sales. They've also had to develop really strong coaching skills as a BDR manager. 
So when they go in to be a sales manager, they know what it takes to bring a new hire on board. And they know the type of development that somebody needs and how that benefits long-term, not just helping them close a deal, but learning how to close and negotiate. So we see a lot of success at that move. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question. Like my six-year-old daughter asked me, true or false, Julie, a BDR manager should never hire a BDR unless that BDR wants to be a seller. True. You'd never hire, never, never hire somebody that doesn't want to be a seller. And then you talked a little bit about the manager's training for enabling them to be sellers. How do KPIs and metrics and measurement kind of track the, not just SQLs? The way we compensate both our BDRs and our our BDR leaders is on your hard metrics, your SQLs, and your activities. So SQLs being sales qualified leads. They have a quota. There's also a component of the quota, which is ARR for the, the recurring revenue for our whole business unit. But the other component of it is the activities and the metrics that they put in to get to that number. Somebody can hit an SQL target. But if they aren't putting in the the improvement in messaging, hitting their activity metrics of 50 dials a day, I can't be certain that we're actually developing good talent versus somebody who is just lucky in a really good patch or produced poor quality SQLs for the sales team. For the BDRs, there's also a component of their compensation that is around training. So it's their participation in all of the training programs we have, um, because we have a pretty strong cadence of programmatic training throughout their tenure, the presentations they deliver. So we could have a top performer who is crushing all of the soft skills side and just meeting their SQL target. But we look at that as like holistically, they're developing into a strong professional and sales rep. Uh, And then on the manager front, they obviously have an SQL target, but we, again, have the soft skills portion of their job. Are they having weekly one-on-ones and team meetings? Are they focusing on training and developing their employees? Are they auditing leads? Um, And that soft skills bucket is sort of the measurement of doing the right thing for the business. Because as you know, if you just have an SQL target, and you're just driving toward that number, you might not be driving basically what the business needs. A ton of SQLs for a sales team that are low quality, that the contacts don't show up for the meeting, I mean, are are not helpful for us. So the, the soft skills portion is to be able to give managers a reason to tell their rep that SQL is rejected, right? Because if you tell your BDR, hey, I'm not allowing you to send that to the sales organization, well, you're also taking away an SQL from your own quota. And we want to be able to have a bucket to incentivize our managers to do the right thing for the business. We also want them to coach out people who aren't a good fit for sales. So Kyle, the goal is to hire somebody who wants to be a seller. But if they think they want to be a seller, but it turns out they don't have the skill set for them, we, we want them to coach them out and not worry about holding on to that SQL quota. And then I imagine somewhere we've measured that a promoted BDR in sales is more successful than a salesperson off the street. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So we measure time to first logo. So the number of days it takes for a sales rep who goes live in their position to when they close their first deal. And um, BDR alumni, as we call them, people who've come from our program into sales, uh, tend to produce faster. So they close their first deal faster than an external hire. And that's obviously because they had 12 months of training to learn the messaging, learn the value proposition while they were doing all the prospecting efforts. But even then, having that big win early can dictate a lot of future success because you get the wind in your sails and you get the momentum and the positive, confident belief. Exactly. So we see higher participation and productivity. 
Julie, back to your leadership journey. When you were speaking earlier about BDRs going into sales and not having a ton of experience, it dawned on me that not only do you have this giant organization, you also have a giant organization of relatively junior people. Um, curious, if I were to talk to a number of executives that had 700 people in their org, I assume many of them would be leading folks with two, five, 10 years experience. What do you think the differences are leading a team like that than you know more of an experienced one? In fairness, I have only led teams where I have had green reps, but I started that way myself. I started at NetSuite eight years ago with no software experience. So I have a solid seven and a half years of ERP experience. I have a solid seven and a half years of BDR experience. I can't even say I have 10, 20 years, right? So I have to have faith in my people that they're going to learn I think that the key is I have really, really strong leaders that work for me that are incredibly passionate about what they do and very focused on hiring inspirational leaders that then work for them. And I think we've just kind of ingrained that as a part of our culture as a team and an expectation and also an expectation that failure is going to happen. Just let's catch it quick and let's fix it and communicate when you experience failure so other people can learn from you. Julie, eight years ago, I was leading the largest team that I ever led. And that was like five people at Sales Loft when we started the company. And now we have about 450 people, less than you. But I'll tell you that the biggest growth in my professional career has been the lessons learned of leading people through that journey of going from five to 450. And, you know, it's been on delegation and vision and organizational health. I'm curious, what have been the big lessons you've learned and what do you think it's been? And, you know, please brag on yourself a little bit. I know you want to be be humble, but I want to hear what is it that's unique about you and the things you've done that have helped you to get to this level? Because I had to start a company to do it, you know, and that just put me at the top, you know, that put me as manager. But, uh, you know, you had to keep getting selected and keep getting chosen and keep getting promoted. One thing that I think has made me successful in this is being able to admit when I'm wrong or when something didn't work out and being able to quickly pivot. There's no ego. Like I make mistakes. I come up with a process and it it might not work. And I may have people on my team say, this is, this is terrible. This is not working out. I am not personally insulted. It's like, great, let's come up with a new way to do that because you're right. Asking people to fill out a form in that way did not give us the tracking we thought. That ability to be self aware and, and not have an ego has also enabled my leaders to fall into the same way of making mistakes and, and learning from the mistakes and being able to communicate with each other without feeling like anybody is going to judge them or maybe failing to communicate something or having an issue. Thank you for sharing so much wisdom with us today. I would assume given that your pace of hiring 100 people per quarter, if people want to find out about opportunities on your team, either as individual contributors or as leaders, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, we are always posting our jobs on LinkedIn, but you can also go to our careers page on netsuite.com and see all of the different positions that we're hiring for in the BDR org. Julie, this has been very special. You know, we have a great community of folks who are participating and listening to this podcast. And one of the things that motivates us greatly is to have someone share their story in a way that can be impactful to them. And I I think you've done it. You've nailed it. It's such a joy to see your journey and get to participate in it. And, you know, just so proud of the work you've done and then what you do for this industry. I really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. The pleasure was mine. Thank you. Hey, Salespeople is a production made in partnership with Frequency Media. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan. Paige McCauley is our producer. 
The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found. Thanks for listening to the Hey Salespeople podcast.